Welcome to Silly History. I'm Matt Pekarski. I love funny stories, especially when they come from real life. I've compiled a long list of true tales that made me laugh, and now I want to share them with you. There's a lot of crazy stuff historical figures did or said, and yet we've never heard about them. History class would have been a lot more interesting with some of these sprinkled in here and there. Not that I ever disliked learning history. Hopefully there's at least a couple of yarns you haven't heard before. Let's hear one now. The Matterhorn is an iconic mountain. Nestled in the Pennine subrange of the Alps, the four-sided, near-perfect pyramid stands apart from the rest of the range, surrounded by an ethereal aura. Shared by Switzerland and Italy, its 14,692-foot apex was first conquered in July of 1865 by Edward Wimper, concluding a race to the peak that dragged out for almost a decade. It's known for being one of the deadliest mountains in the world of climbing, claiming over 500 people since the first ascent. But that doesn't stop the Matterhorn from being overcrowded every year. As many as 3,000 climbers scale all four sides and trek the jagged ridges each season, looking for their chance to claim victory over the mountain. If that's too much thrill for you, but you still want to take in the spectacular views from its peak, travel over to Switzerland and jump in a helicopter for a flyover. If that's still a little too much excitement for your sensibilities or your vacation budget is tight, might I suggest jumping on the thrill ride bearing the mountain's namesake at Disneyland. You can still tell your friends that you've been to the Matterhorn. Back in 1950, Matt became the youngest mountaineer to summit. It all started, of course, at the base. Staying at the Hotel Belvedere, once located on the mountain's Hornley Ridge, he watched alpinists depart for their turns to ascend he realized that he couldn't miss out on his own chance to do the same. So without any planning, he set off on the trail. And to make it more challenging, he didn't pack any gear. No guides, no ropes or pickaxe, no food or water, no first aid equipment. He would only wear his warm, black and white coat. His first stop was a little over halfway up the northeastern ridge, where he spent the night in the Salve Hut already 12,556 feet higher than where he started. He happened to find some food and gobbled it up as fast as he could. After a good night's sleep, he was off again on his quest to become the boldest climber in the world. He spent the whole day and all of his energy scaling the next section of the ridge and up the side of a massive overhang. Exhausted, he camped out in a gully just above the rocky shoulder, hoping to finish the journey the next day. Morning came, and while he was still sleeping, a group of climbers passed him. Looking down at his young and fragile body, they thought the rest of the climb would be technically and physically too difficult for him. They assumed that he would figure this out for himself and make his way back down, so they pressed onward, leaving him undisturbed. The alpinists were just below the peak. They were standing on a spot where, 40 years later, a statue of St. Bernard, the patron saint of mountain climbers, would be installed in celebration of the 125th anniversary of Wimper's Ascent. It's now a climbing ritual to rub the saint's head on your way up for good luck. Had he been standing in his place back in 1950, I'm sure the climbers would have rubbed his head too. Finally, they reached the summit. As they took turns congratulating one another, they began to hear strange noises. They scanned the precipice for its source, assuming it was a nearby group of climbers but their eyes fell upon the black and white fur coat of Matt. The ten-month-old kitten had actually made it. They were shocked when he proved the impossible. 
It was only fair for Matt to celebrate with the mountaineers. They took a moment to have a quick bite to eat, sharing some of their food with the kitten. Then it was time to descend. Their journey wasn't over until they were back at the bottom. If the kitten had followed them up, he would surely follow them back down. The difference was, they weren't going to descend the same way they came up, the easier northeastern route. They planned to climb down the Italian side of the mountain, a considerably more difficult and dangerous path. This time, little Matt, named after the very mountain he had just scaled, was tucked into one of the men's rucksacks and safely brought down. In no time, he was back at the Hotel Belvedere, enjoying the comforts of his home. Thanks for listening. If you liked this episode, please subscribe, give it a five-star rating, and share with not one but two of your friends. If I haven't told your favorite silly story from history, send me an email at nightowlbroadcasting at gmail.com. Subject, Silly History Story. This show is a Night Owl production and made possible thanks to donations by you, the listener.